Everyone wants to be happy. We just all have our own ways of finding it. God says, these are the laws that govern you. Listen, I created you. These are the things that you need to abide by if you want to operate at your maximum. You might not understand why. I'm just telling you that it works. Welcome to Anchor Points, a program produced by Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church of Frederick, Maryland. Here, we hope you'll find answers to some of life's everyday struggles. You can learn more at fredericksdachurch.org. Do you follow your heart or your mind? Today, Robert Quintana shares two important principles you should follow when making decisions that will ultimately help you find the happiness you desire. In his message, Not for the Faint of Heart. You know, I usually pride myself in having a pretty good sense of direction. There have been times where um, I've been a little turned around. I remember a few years ago, several years ago actually, um, a friend of mine and I went to a store that we were excited to go to. It was about an hour away. And uh, we did our, our thing in the store. We looked around. We got back in the car, back in the interstate to head back to the university. And about an hour down the road, we see a sign that says Detroit 40 miles away. And we realized that for an hour we had been going the wrong way. And so, of course, we had to get off the exit, make a U-turn and start heading back. We lost, of course, two hours because we were headed the wrong way. We just weren't paying attention. So it happens. Uh, But, you know, we kind of get turned around in life sometimes. Sometimes when we get lost or turned around on the roads in the big city, yeah, we may lose a few moments, we may lose some time, we may get a little frustrated, but when we get lost in life, the consequences can be a lot bigger. Uh, we might be heading down the wrong road for a year or two when we realize, what am I doing? What have I done? And by then, there's so much emotional baggage. There is pain. There is debt. And you realize, I've been going down the wrong road for so long. How could I have gotten here? I don't want to be here anymore. And so oftentimes, we find ourselves maybe going back to church or tapping on the shoulder of, of a good friend, a, a mentor, someone that can point us back in the right direction. Sometimes we might even find ourselves going back to Scripture and saying to ourselves, you know, maybe I should give this book another try. Maybe it has something to say. Maybe it can help me get back on the right road. You know, no one likes to be lost in life. No one likes to think that I've been wasting year after year after year only to realize that I've been on the wrong road this whole time. You know, there is a passage in Scripture that we read for our Scripture that I'd like to point out to you. Again, it's found in Proverbs uh, chapter fourteen, twelve, and also Proverbs chapter sixteen, twelve. And I'm going to read to you the one found in 16 verse 12. It says, there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the way of it leads to death or destruction. Man, nobody likes to think of themselves as thinking, here I thought I was on the right road. Here I thought I was on the right path. But after a year or two of this, or after a few weeks of engaging in this type of relationship or this kind of business transaction, I realize that I am on the wrong road, and you realize that the end of that road is a dead end 
or it is just filled with pain and suffering. It is filled with emotional baggage. And the Bible points out that many times it ends in destruction or in death. We don't like to think of ourselves on the wrong road. So today we're going to talk about what does it take for us to be on the right road? What does it take for us to be on the right road? Because yes, sometimes it does require making a U-turn. There's a place that I don't go to that often in Hagerstown, which is probably why I do kind of get lost um, every time I try and find it. Has anybody been to Crumpy's Donuts in Hagerstown? Oh man, I saw some hands go out right quick. Like, oh yeah, I've been there before. It's a great place, but it's this little hole in the wall donut shop in an alley. And because I don't live in Hagerstown, because I don't go to Hagerstown often, and because it's found in this kind of neighborhood area, it's a little difficult to find. But great little place, but I get turned around every time I go. I miss the, the alley where it is, and so I have to do a U-turn. And a lot of times in life, we think we're going down the right way. We think we know where we're going, and then we realize, uh-oh, dead end. Uh-oh, causing too much pain. I need to turn around. I need to detour. I need a U-turn. I need to get back on the right road today. I want to speak to you about being on the right road. You know, Jesus kind of alludes to this in the book of Matthew. And what he says isn't very encouraging, I have to admit. It's a little bit of a depressing verse, if you ask me. But I want to read it to you because I think he's kind of alluding to this fact that a lot of times we think we're on the right road when in fact we're not. But I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew, Matthew chapter 7. We'll read verse 13 and 14. Here we are, smack dad in the middle of his Sermon on the Mount, his famous Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, And there are few who find it. It's a little bit depressing verse, isn't it? I mean, usually I I like to hear verses of, you know, you're going to make it. You know, I'm here to strengthen you and I'm going to give you the wisdom that you need. And, 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 uh, you know, I like those kind of positive verses. And then I read this and I'm like, whoa, 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 time out. Wait a second. You mean to tell me that most people are headed in the wrong direction and only a few people are actually on the straight and narrow on the right path? And Jesus says, yeah, yeah, that's true. And maybe it's because of what Proverbs tells us that most people are headed down a road thinking that they're doing the right thing, thinking the right things. They believe that they are in the right when in reality they are in the wrong. And so today I want to talk to you about how can we ensure that we are on the straight and narrow? How can we make sure that we are on the right path? Or maybe you find yourself now on the wrong path. Today's message will hopefully help you find yourself back on the right path. And it all comes down to two things. The renewing of your mind and the renewing of your heart. All right? So how do we ensure that we are on the right path? 
It's a no-brainer question. How many of you, in this instance, want to be a part of the minority where you are on the straight and narrow? You are living according to God's purpose for your life. How many of you want that? All right. Most hands gone up. Others may be thinking. Others, yeah, pastor, it's a, it's a, it's a you know, no-brainer question. Of course I want that. We all want that. We all want to be living according to God's purpose for our lives. We want to be on that straight and narrow. How can we do it? Two things. The renewing of our minds and the renewing of our hearts. So let's look first at the renewing of our mind. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober. Some translations might say self-controlled. Be sober. Be vigilant. Some translations might say watchful. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so here Peter is advising us, you need to be sober. You need to be watchful. You need to be vigilant about what you are learning. You need to be, you need to understand what is out there. You need to understand the signs around you. You need to be sober. You need to be vigilant. As Romans tells us, a renewing of the mind needs to take place. You see, because there are all of these warring worldviews going on all around us. There are worldviews out there that will tell us things contrary to the Word of God. There are things that will tell us, listen, it's okay to do whatever you want as long as you want to do it. That's okay because you are a God in of, in of yourself. You are a God. So therefore, just do whatever you want. Whatever feels good, just go for it. There are teachings out there that will say, hey, listen, it doesn't matter if you want to have, a, a, you, if you want to have multiple relationships, if you want to have this kind of a lifestyle or that kind of a lifestyle, it's okay. It's all right. Completely contrary to the word of God. And so here are all of these, these worldviews out there circling all around us. And all the while, there is a biblical worldview where God says, this is the way I want you to live. These are the laws that I want to govern your life. Now, I often use this illustration because I think it works really, really well. The illustration of, of a car and, and a, a car manual. You know, the the maker of the car puts together a car manual and says, if you want this car to operate at its optimum, this is what you need to do. This is the kind of gasoline, that the kind of fuel that you need to put in the tank. And so it might say, you know, 93 octane. Now, guess what? You have the choice to put water in there if you want, right? You can pull up and say, you know, water's a lot cheaper. I'm just going to put water in the tank. And you can do that, but what's going to happen to the car? Well, it's not going to work. It's going to break down on you. And it would not be fair for you to now call the manufacturer and say, hey, listen up, my car's not working. If they say, why? Well, because I put water in the tank. What what are they going to say? Well, duh, we never told you to put water in the tank. You're supposed to put gasoline. And yet we do the same thing with God day in and day out. God says, these are the laws that govern you. 
Listen, I created you. And these are the laws. These are the commandments. These are the things that you need to abide by if you want to operate at your maximum. If you want to live out your full potential in God, these are the kind of things that you need to abide by. You might not understand why. I'm just telling you that it works. I don't understand why gasoline makes an engine turn over. But hey, listen, if that's what they're telling me to put in, that's what I'm going to put in, right? But we find ourselves on, on, these, on these broken roads, on these dead-end roads, and then we, we oftentimes question and blame God why. And all the while, God says, whoa, whoa, wait a second. You need a renewing of your mind. You need to start thinking straight. You need to th- start thinking righteously, because you're buying into all of these worldviews when the only worldview that you need to be buying into is my worldview for your life. Now, make no mistake about it, that this renewing of the mind as we immerse ourselves in the Holy Scriptures is made possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit working in us and through us that helps us in this. I'd like for you to turn your Bibles to the book of John, John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse 13 says this. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, listen to this, he will guide you into what? All truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So this renewing of the mind, this renewing of the intellect, where now you are seeing things through God's perspective intellectually comes as you read the word of God, but as the Holy Spirit leads you into all truth. Because I tell you what, you can read the scriptures without the Holy Spirit, and you can come out with a completely different purpose, completely different will than what God originally intended it to be. So now the second thing, the renewing of the spirit, the renewing of the heart. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs because I want you to see how important this renewing is or needs to be. Proverbs chapter 4 Verse 23, listen to this startling text, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, keep your heart. Some translations might say guard your heart or protect your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence. In other words, this is something of high priority. You do not want to mess with this. You do not want to neglect this. This is of high priority, okay? So keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. And so here we are told the importance of guarding our hearts or renewing our hearts in Christ because out of it flow the issues of life. I was hearing a psychologist not too long ago say that most of us make our decisions based on our hearts. 
Like intellectually, we might know that something is true or intellectually, we might know that that is a bad road to go down, that intellectually, I know I should not go down that road. But emotionally, our heart drives us down that direction. And then we use our brain to justify why we've gone down that road. And so here, it is vitally important that you understand the connection between our hearts and what happens day to day in our lives. And so here we're told you need to guard it. You need to protect it with all diligence because out of it flow the issues of life. There's a big problem with our heart. I'd like for you to turn to Jeremiah. And here again, this is one of those kind of depressing passages in Scripture. I wish it were not so, but it's the case. Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. My goodness. Really? God, or I should say Jeremiah, right? God through Jeremiah. Give me a break. Are you kidding me? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Bible says. Now, I don't know if you've been aware of this trend in our world, and here again is a worldview that we sometimes buy into, and we then find ourselves on this road that is a dead end, is the worldview that says, follow your heart. Whatever your little heart desires, go for it. If it feels right, if, if your heart says, man, this is a good thing, then go for it. Just follow your heart. And here, God, through Jeremiah, is telling you, time out, stop, don't follow your heart. Why? Because your heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. There needs to be a renewing of your heart. So don't follow it. Time out, stop. Because you're going to think you're doing the right thing, but you're not. So we want to stay on this straight and narrow. We, we do. Every one of us wants to stay on this straight of narrow. The only way that that can happen is if there is a renewing of our mind and of our hearts. And that can only take place as the Holy Spirit works in us and through us. Now, let me give you an illustration to see if, if maybe you can understand the connection uh, between the mind and, and the heart here. Because it is vital. It is critical. And, and I want to use this illustration. I, I've never used it in public. I've, I've used it many times in counseling sessions with couples and, and, uh, and whatnot. I, I get young people coming up to me all the time that say, you know, Pastor Q, I think I'm in love. Oh, well, that's great. You're in love. Why are you in love? I ask them. Go, well, because, I mean, they're beautiful. You, they make me feel good. You know, they, they just, they, they make me you know, feel worthy and, and, and I just feel like I have a reason to live. And then I ask them, I say, I say to them, are, are you compatible? And they look at me like a, you know, deer in the headlights kind of a look like, huh? Well, what do you mean? Are we compatible? Well, what does that even mean? And I go on to explain, well, there's two things involved in a relationship and in every relationship. I mean, if you really want a relationship to work for you, there are two laws that, that really need to be met. That there's the law of attraction, which obviously, 
you're, you're in right now, right? There's the law of attraction. You're definitely attracted to this person. But the second law here is, are you compatible? The law of compatibility. Well, let, let me ask you this question. What percentage of people do you think get married solely based on the law of attraction? Uh, pretty high, isn't it? Right? 90, 95%. I don't know that there's ever been a study on this, but I can guarantee you that the percentage is super high. Right? People get married based on the law of attraction, the heart. The pride of your heart, the selfishness of your heart, what? Deceives you. And then six months or a year Maybe five years into the relationship, that attraction kind of wears off a little bit and you realize we're not compatible. What have I done? What am I doing? Right? Now, the flip side of that also happens sometimes. You'll find someone says, man, they're, the, they're perfect. Uh, they're the kind of person I can take home. You know, they, they, they'll provide for me and my family. And intellectually, everything is on cue. I'm able to check off everything on my list. But I just, I, I, it, the chemistry, the, the attraction, it, it, it's just not there. But, but everyone around me is telling me that this makes sense and that you should do it. Listen, in relationships, your mind or your head, your intellect have to agree with your heart, with your emotion, with the chemistry. In other words, there has to be a marriage of the two before you can pursue it. In other words, your brain has to say, heart, go for it. And your heart has to say, mind, go for it. I want you to go. You cannot leave one without the other. You cannot move forward if you're missing either one of these. They have to be together. And guess what, folks? It is the same thing with our relationship with God. This is exactly why when Jesus stood before the Pharisees, he was mad at them. Why? Because it was all up here. It was all intellect. It was all facts. It was all do's and don'ts. And they left the passion and compassion and the mercy and the love aside. And he calls them, you hypocrites, what have you done? Yeah, you focus on all of these things, but you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, which is love and justice and mercy. There has to be a combination of the two. And now listen, we've run into situations in life where we find the complete opposite. You run into a Christian, and this is, this is kind of tricky because it's a, little, it's a little deceiving. In some ways, it's a little appealing, Right? We find someone who says, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do in life. You know, as long as there's love and as long as there's forgiveness. Hey, you know, it doesn't matter what you believe. You know, you you can do whatever, whatever lifestyle you want. You go for it. And they're the flip side of the other coin. God says, no, 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 no. They're both important to me. The law that I've set out, my commandments, I want you to, to reason through and I want you to intellectually understand the things that I have for you, the things that I am encouraging you to do on a daily basis, even though it doesn't make sense. If the word of God says it, you need to follow through with it. But then he also says, but listen, don't forget the heart. 
Don't forget the passion and the compassion that comes along. I need both working hand in hand here. I need forgiveness and mercy, but I also need you to understand my laws and my commandments for you. One last story that I'd like to share with you. I found kind of interesting as I was studying this out. I'd like for you to turn to 1 Chronicles. Um, It's in the Old Testament, not Corinthians. 1 Chronicles chapter 28. And you're going to see it playing out here in a, a kind of an unlikely way. 1 Chronicles chapter 28. King David is kind of nearing the end of his reign. And he's turning things over to his son Solomon. And uh, he's saying to to the people, you know, um, I didn't build the temple, but building the temple isn't for me. I'm leaving that to my son Solomon. And and so he's talking about some of the things that he wants to see accomplished. And, And so he's talking to the people of Israel. And then he turns to his son Solomon and he says this. As for you, he says, my son Solomon, know the God of your fathers and serve him with a, what's that say? loyal heart and with a willing mind for the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intents of the thoughts if you seek him he will be found by you but if you forsake him he will cast you off forever isn't that interesting and as he's giving his last day's instructions as he's giving those last minute instructions to his son he reminds him listen serve God with a loyal heart let God the Holy Spirit work in your life so that there can be a renewing of your mind and of your heart and when that happens you will find yourself on that straight and narrow road that we all long to be Anchor Points with Robert Quintana is a ministry of the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church of Frederick, Maryland. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to share it with a friend. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or at frederickSDAchurch.org. And as Thanksgiving approaches, you may be gathering together with friends and loved ones. And we all have that crazy relative that drives you nuts. Next week, Robert Quintana will help you learn how to get along with even the most difficult people. And his message, Crazy Uncle Harry, How to Get Along with Family. Also, if you're wanting to learn more about how to begin a life change or just wanting more answers, we'd love to talk with you. Feel free to visit us online and check out some of our resources at frederickSDAchurch.org. You can also call us during the week at 301-662-5254. We're located right between I-70 and Route 15 on Jefferson Pike. Our main service takes place Saturdays at 11 a.m., and we'd love for you to join us sometime. Remember, God loves you and wants you to live out His purpose.